We have a pretty good attendance today on a sunny day. Uh, good to see you. How many of you came to the, into the church through uh, a Revelation seminar or something like that? Anybody? <coughs> when you joined the church, uh, you began to study in Daniel, Revelation, 1844 and uh, 1888. Well, <clears throat> uh, my topic today is um, because our church is so focused on Daniel, which is a very special book, and our, our church is also f founded on Revelation, you know, we we study Revelation, we, we believe that Jesus is coming back very soon, don't we? But the most important person is still the God who's right here in the room with us. And uh, sometimes we can get lost in trying to get to know Daniel pretty well, and that's good. We, we can dare to be a Daniel. And I know people who are just, it's all they think about is the second coming, the second coming. But I've, I've met them who didn't pay enough attention to God right here uh, every day. Because God is present with us. And in all the Bible stories, that was the most important thing, that God was there. He reassured people throughout the ages that, that he was with them, and he would be their strength and their God. And I could say, uh, there's one verse, that God is um, ever-present help in time of trouble. Amen. Yes, ever-present help. And with this um, <coughs> psalm that um, it was Stephen read for me today, read for us, what I was um, the point I was trying to make in this one, Psalm 91, is that many of the Psalms, they start out talking about God or talking about our relationship with God, and then they, then they switch to talking to God. And this particular song, it, Psalm, it switches to God talking back to us, which is even more special. <clears throat> Psalm 23 is also very similar. It's probably the most famous psalm of all. But David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And then he begins to talk to God instead of about him. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so uh, these examples are just uh, I wanted to use to, to show how we sometimes we talk about God a lot, but then begin to talk to him is, is acknowledgement that he's here with us. The, the Bible says that uh, as we um, draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And that greatest way that we draw near to God at first is in our prayer and personal prayer that Jesus told us in uh, Matthew Let's see, with Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus said, But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray. Your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. So Jesus is reassuring us that that a father is with us, and um, and that's so important. Always recognizing that God is with us. Sometimes we we have God too far away. We we I've had when I tell some stories about. Um, experiencing God, and I hope that you all have some stories like that. Uh, I've had some Adventists tell me, well, I didn't think God did anything anymore. I didn't think God spoke to people anymore. And uh, nothing could be um, further from the truth. I happen to have come to the church through a Revelation seminar in 1990. And it was a pastor named Burton Maxwell and his wife. And in my case, we all, God comes through all of us in different, different ways and works through all of us in different ways. But God had revealed himself to me and let me know that he was there and, and I didn't have a church, a Bible, Christian friend. And then uh, after my first encounter with God, a couple of weeks passed and I put my hand in the air on a Sunday and I, I was in my bedroom. I said, God, could you help me with your great strength? And I felt a hand actually take a hold of my hand. And God let me know that it was the hand of Jesus and that my faith in him would help me. And so day by day I went on and I, I knew that God was with me. And I, I believe that it was about that time that the Moreno Valley Church had begun praying because they were going to have a Revelation seminar. And they were beginning to pray and prepare. And God was preparing me also for that uh, seminar. I didn't know it at the time. And something came in the mail 
uh, after several months of walking with God, a wonderful new experience, something came in the mail, a postcard about this big inviting me to a Bible study. And um, I went, and it was the, uh, the seminar, and, and it, Pastor Maxwell was uh, preaching about this, the second coming, and, and I just made a comment to the little old lady that was sitting next to me. I, I, he's already here. And, uh, and, and she said, well, in what way, in what manner, you know? And, so she was pretty open, but then I told her a little bit of my story, and she said, well, well, you have to go up and tell the pastor. And so this little lady led me up after the service, and, and I told uh, Pastor Maxwell that I, w I w was encountering God in many ways. And he said, oh, no, son, you can only get to God through this book. And, you know, this is the most wonderful book in the world, always the best-selling book. But we should remember that all these stories are about people who were encountering God for themselves. They were experiencing God. And, um, and it's a wonderful book. You could think of this book as a marriage manual, because uh, isn't Jesus the bridegroom? And he's, um, when he returns, he's coming to get his bride. And you know there's a good time to uh, read a marriage manual, and then there's a time to close that book and talk to each other, you know? And so I'm saying that's the time, time to, reading the Bible is wonderful, but it should be, we should have equal time of prayer if we read our Bible for an hour a day or 15 minutes a day, we should have at least that much prayer. And um, the, uh, the handout that I gave today, did, did many of you get the handout? This little handout? You know, um, this is very special to me. Most people, including myself, never heard of Psalm 63. It's just not one of those famous psalms in our era, in our time. And when I was a student at the university, I, I needed to preach something, and I was, I was taking my morning walk, and I was wondering, it was on my mind, what am I going to preach about? It's um, kind of like a woman wondering what she's going to cook for dinner this week. And, uh, and I was taking my walk, and just as I crossed this long street, as, uh, as my foot hit the curb, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Psalm 63. And I always have a pen in my pocket. And uh, so I wrote Psalm 63 on my hand. I didn't have a piece of paper came home, and I, I opened my Bible, I looked at Psalm 63, I thought, this is exactly the way I feel about God. Because I could see that, that David really loved God in 
Um, is this a microphone cutting in and out, or is it just me? Yes. It's so I want to talk about this psalm a little bit. That uh, In the fine print, it says this is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness. And there were a couple of times when David lived in the cave of Adullam, and it wasn't for a short time. He lived there the first time around 16 years, I believe. And um, just imagine that God, God had told David that he, was, he had anointed him, that he was going to be the next king. And, um, and then we know the story, how, how it went uh, pretty well. David uh, went on tending sheep, and then David went out and killed the giant, Goliath. From that point, he was a great hero, and King Saul even gave David his daughter to be his wife. But then Saul, uh, the people loved David so much that uh, he had so many victories that, that um, they began to sing a song as uh, David, Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And uh, King Saul was becoming jealous of David. Uh, and so eventually, um, Saul threw a spear at David, and I think it went right past his head, and, and David knew it was time for him to leave town. And there are a lot of details in that story, of course. But David went out and he, he lived in the cave of Adullam for about 16 years at that time. And there was another time that David lived in the, the cave later on when, he, um, when the kingdom, his son was trying to become the king. And uh, David uh, lived out there at that time again. Theologians are split over which time that David wrote this psalm. I myself, I, I believe it was probably the first time. And um, so the, I wrote these um, ideas over in the left column. They're not actually from the Bible but I got them from uh, some other sources that I read. And this, this psalm was used as a model prayer by the early church. And we talked about prayer this morning, didn't we, and how important prayer is. And uh, when we pray, uh, what, what is the most important, the number one um, commandment? Is it, it's not keep the Sabbath holy, is it? That's a good one. But it's that we would love the Lord with all our heart and all our soul, all our strength and all our might, and then also love our neighbors. Next, love our neighbors. So we really should have that, when we have that love for the Lord, 
uh, we're going to pray like this. We're going to have a great desire for God. And I could imagine that uh, David in that cave, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't go back to the city and, and see his wife, or he couldn't safely go and see his father without putting him in danger. And so here's David out in the cave. And, you know, sometimes we, we would be tempted to, we're probably going to start our prayers with our biggest problem. Oh God, you know, help, help. And that's okay. If we have something so urgent that, that we just stop to pray and our life is in danger or whatever it is, God understands that that's the greatest thing, but... But normally, and look at David and why this was a, a model prayer. Because of the problems that David had, a king sleeping in a cave with the dirt floor. But he starts out, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Uh, some versions would say early, I seek you, which is also good, like morning prayer. And David said, my soul thirsts for you, and my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. And that is really a great desire for God, isn't it? Do, I hope that we could all achieve that and have that desire for God. And maybe some of you could tell me, yes, I have a greater desire than that. Uh, that's, the, that's the way I pray. And um, that's one of the things about being a, a speaker. You know, I, could, I have to say that, that some of you, it's like preaching to the choir. You know what that term means, that, that the people the pastor is speaking to, they're already holy. You know, they're already... I've sat there and, heard, and had and thought while people were preaching, I, I thought, I wish you knew how well I know God. But David had this desire for God, and this is an example for us. He also said, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. And then David esteems God, a great esteem for God, as like Daniel did in our lesson study this morning. In verse 3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands now that's really, in personal prayer, uh, David really loved the Lord, didn't he? And about, of course we know that the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. And when we, when we love God, we're going to long for him and we're going to pray like this and uh, esteem him too. And we're going to experience God for ourselves. In verse 5, 
David talks about being satisfied with God, but with God satisfies that something inside of him. And he compares it to the riches of food, how good, how good, uh, really good food really tastes and satisfies your, your body. But David said, my soul, my soul will be satisfied as with the riches of foods. And with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I'm glad we sang this song uh, this morning. Our opening hymn was, um, Shall will Jesus Christ be praised when morning gilds the skies? I, I don't think I had ever sang that many verses of it. I, I forgot to say like one, three, and six, something like that. But um, to hear that r repetitive um, about Shall Jesus Christ be praised? Shall Jesus Christ be praised? It, not only it sounded good, it felt good to be saying that, didn't it, and singing it. Yeah. And um, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And do you think about God on your bed at night? Do you wake up at 12 o'clock after going to bed a, a little earlier, or 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, and, and think about God. And that's what David said, I, on my bed I remember you. When those things, think of the things might have been going through David's head. He knew there were people out to, to kill him. He knew he was, he was, Hiding, which wasn't like him, David, to have to hide out of respect for God that, that he was hiding there because he could have easily killed Saul. But because Saul was God's anointed, David, uh, he didn't take the opportunities that he had to, to do away with the person who was after him. And the things, it, he turned his, his thoughts to God, and that's, that's in the night. That's when our problems seem to come come to us and uh, be the loudest, the voices that we remember something we wish we would have said or wish we would have done. But then we, when we're a, a awake at that time, and we turn our thoughts to God too, and. Um, I put secret communion there. I think of you through the night watch, through the watches of the night. That's when we're really all alone. Even in our secret time, you think about the Lord. There's one Bible verse that says, I awaken at the midnight hour and praise your name. And so I remember reading that, and uh, I, I make it a habit that when I wake up about midnight, I'll, I'll say the Lord's Prayer, uh, because Jesus told us to pray that prayer, and it, it has so many good things in it. 
and I hold on to God's love through the night. Through the night. And that's what I'm talking about, holding on to God's love. In verse 7 and 8, I put joyful dependence. Oh, we're glad to depend on God, aren't we? We're, I'm not ashamed to say that um, God is my, the strength of my life or that Jesus made a difference in my life. And uh, David said, maybe I missed this one, because you are my help, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you, and your right hand upholds me. And they who seek my life will be destroyed. So, you know, in our time, that might be a little gross but, or out of place, but it's still we could say, trust in God. That's what David is saying. Even though he was alone and you know, he had a band of men, even though an army is come down against him, David expressing um, a victory will come from God. And maybe those are the very things that at night on his bed that he needed to reassure himself that God would bring him through. And, that, and that's what we need to continue to do every time we have a new problem, to reassure ourselves that God is going to bring us through. One person that uh, helped me when I first came into the church, she taught me some things, and she, she had a phrase. She would say, when something would come up, I'm, I'm anxious to see how God is going to get me out of this one. And um, he always brings us through, doesn't he? And so looking back, uh, looking back at um, all that God has done in history, looking back at what God has done for us personally in the past, and then we can project the future, knowing that uh, He who began a good work in us, He will be faithful to complete it. And He knows that He. He's helping us along. He, he wants us to learn to love him more. And I want to say one of the best prayers I ever prayed was, God, I want to get to know you better. And I would encourage all of you just to say that prayer. Uh, I hope and mean it. You know, God, I want to get to know you better. And that's not all reading the Bible. But it's, uh, God has his ways of letting you know he's with you all, all through the day. I, uh, <clears throat> working as a hospital chaplain, I pray, I make it a point, I, have a, I set a goal that I would visit 30 patients a day and uh, to pray with the 
knock on the door, go in and meet somebody brand new, they're still in bed, you have a special setting, and uh, people are pretty um, open to talking about God, even if it's a time when, when people remember they, they wanted to get back to church, but they haven't yet. And um, it's a special thing to be able to pray that many times. And I was, um, I wanted to talk to God about that. Like, Lord, I've, I've prayed so much and God stopped me. And he said, I'm with you in every visit that you make. And that should be enough for me. He didn't, continue, he didn't say anything else. But, but I know that God is also already with you. And he's already with you and you. And God is already, he was home with you today. Uh, Psalm 50, maybe it's Isaiah 50, verse 4 says, he awakened me morning by morning. So if, if it's, when we realize that it's God who awakens us, it's wonderful to say, good morning, Lord. I love you, Lord. And start the day uh, like that. Yes. There was a professor who, uh, so, so many of us have taken class. We all taken classes from a, a teacher or a, someone in school, many levels of school. And there was a professor that got to class early, and he put a little dot on a, every piece of paper, a mini piece of paper. And when the students came in, he said, "This is your test. You." I want you to describe what you see. And uh, it took, um, some, some students were just quick. Others analyzed to you know the position of the dot and uh, the color of the ink. And, and eventually after 10 or 15 minutes, everyone uh, turned in their paper. And, uh, the professor, he looked over all of the papers and, and he, he said, um, I'm not going to grade you on these. But he said, I noticed that uh, all of you had some, some uh, relevant comments. And, but he said, everybody talked about the dot. And nobody talked about the all the white space around the dot. And, um, and what is all that, what could all that white space be? All the, it could be sometimes we're talking about the second coming, which is wonderful. But, but the omnipresence of God is so much greater that sometimes we see uh, one bright light, but there's so much more if we, if we look around uh, sometimes we can be focused on, uh, on one thing. But I, I just hope we could focus on God even more. You know, we started uh, a little bit early here, about 10 or 15 after, and I'm used to talking for about a, a half an hour or so. 
I don't know if, if you want me to go on 20 more minutes. Uh, are you used to stopping at 12 or uh, what time? Long-winded is good. Pardon? Long-winded is good. Oh, yes. Preferred, I mean, if it's early, why not long-winded? Well, let's see. Thank you, thank you. Did I see a hand come up? No? Okay. He's in favor of you continuing, I think. Thank you. How about, um, you know, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses base their, their belief, or, 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 you know, the name of their church on um, a, a Bible verse that says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God and, and their there's no other, there's not going to be any other. And uh, that's, a, that's a great verse. We are also God's witnesses, aren't we? Amen. And um, if any of you have a, a, a testimony, a story that you'd like to tell right now, you're welcome to, to um, be a, stand up and take the witness stand. <laughs> Yes, well, anyone have a, a recent story or a, a story they'd like to share? Yes? Yeah, I have one. Um, is that on? Yes, it's actually an experience of my sister talking about how God answers prayer. Oh, yeah. And sometimes we underestimate God. Yes. She was sharing this. Um, she was sharing this week that um, she was amazed, remembering of what God had done. She was. They were they were flying from Michigan to California or the other way around. I don't know. It was her and um, her daughter. And um, they were in the airport. And um, her daughter was saying. The daughter, the daughter told um, my sister, you know, I hope, I hope the plane doesn't get delayed or canceled because I want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah. I have an exam to make and, and I have to exam to study. And at the same time, my sister was praying, oh, please, God, cancel the plane because I want to stay here for another day. Uh-huh. And then when, uh, when her daughter told my sister about her prayer, she was like, well, I want to see this, how God is going to answer both of us. You know, if it's going to cancel the plane or if we're going to go home. So she was, she was starting thinking like, okay, let's see how God will answer this. Who is going to get the prayer answered? And then while they were waiting, um, they, the, the lady on, on, the, on, on the front says, you know, we have overbooked the plane. So we would like to have some volunteers that would like to stay and we'll give you a voucher of $400. And for those who need to go, then they can continue the trip and, and go home. And then my sister felt so humbled and said, oh God, I'm sorry that I underestimated you because <laughs> he answered both prayers. Yes. He answered yes. her daughters, she went <clears throat> home, and then she, he answered my sister's prayer 
she started a day ex an, an additional day plus a voucher of $400. So, yeah. so she, she asked for forgiveness and then thank God that said, you know, sometimes we underestimate God and the power that he has to answer prayers. That's right. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yes. Wait, we have one over here. Hand up. Because our God is active, he's with us. Yes. So um, I think uh, at least several of you probably remember that, uh, <laughs> I think it was probably in July, um, we, our, our family was here in church and, and my wife, Shalina, um, has breast cancer that has kind of spread throughout her body and had just had to have uh, brain surgery because she had increased pressure in her brain and it was kind of a tough time. She was very sick. Um, so I think we came to church a few weeks after that and you know, she was better, but um, still suffering from this. Uh, and I, at that time, and I, I think it was, um, I'm not exactly sure, but I know Linda was part of um, the group that really wanted to come together and pray for Shalina. Yeah. She started after the surgery some oral medication, and of course, you know we've been praying throughout this whole experience, as I, I think all of the church has shared in that, and we're very grateful for it. Anyway, um, she started taking some oral chemotherapy, as well as doing some other things at home, as well as having many many people pray for our family, and we met with the the radiation oncologist this last week. Um, because she'd had another MRI of her brain, and it was, you know, a very good meeting. Uh, they, she said on the MRI, she had a hard time seeing any places in her brain where the cancer was still alive, oh and, and that was a, a blessing. And she's told us several times, I mean, this was progressively getting better over the last six months, and she's told us, you know, this is a very remarkable <laughs> response. Yeah to chemotherapy. This is not typical. Um, it's, a, it's a huge blessing. And I think if they were going to be honest, they would say, you know, we really don't understand why this is such a good response. And so we're very thankful for that. Oh, yeah. um, and we're thankful to God. We're thankful to all those who've kind of shared this experience with us in prayer. Um, yeah. It's not to say we're completely done because the cancer and other parts of our body is still active, and so it looks like we need to think about some other type of treatment. But, but mm. we also don't want to overlook the blessing because yeah. um, it is such a blessing that mm. um, God has answered those prayers in that way. Is that your wife? That That's my wife. Okay, I'm yeah, you wouldn't know it by looking at her because she looks oh, so hi. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful wife, good looking couple. Well, what I want to share isn't exactly a praise, nor is it a request, um, but in my journey with God, I feel like it's important to share some of those in-between times um, when you don't know what's happening, and mm -hmm. just to share that, you know, because a lot of people experience that where it's, it's not this like, wow, God answered a prayer, but it's, I don't know, it's a, like a valley, I guess you'd say, and um, my aunt, well, she's not technically related to me, but she's feels like my aunt because I've known her since I was a baby. We, we, you know, she homeschooled me for several years. Like, we're just really, really close. And she has colon cancer. And she went to um, 
to Germany for some treatments and she really didn't want to do chemo and we've been praying for her a lot but um, I talked to her and her husband the other day and he said you know we pray for her so much but it feels you know and we trust that God's going to do what he needs to do but it feels like he's too late and we really don't know like I honestly don't know if I'm going to see her again um and it's, you know, it does make you question, and I'm sure you, your family has had this experience um, about answered prayers and, you know, God intervening and stuff. But we were going over this psalm that's actually really uh, mm-hmm. special to me, this Psalm 63. And a lot of these times that David was writing, it was times that he didn't know it was going to be all right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, he was in caves, he was being chased, he was, um, you know, he was hungry and cold probably and he was talking about the richness of you know my soul will be filled with the richest food and oh, I trust in you and all these things that probably didn't make sense to him at the time when he was writing them or saying them or singing them because that you know it was an in-between time you know it was a time that he didn't know it was going to be all right or if it would be all right and I don't have answers to the questions especially that question about my aunt, um, because we think that we are going to lose her, and that doesn't make sense to us. Um, But I also want to trust that even when things don't feel like they're going okay and they don't think they're going to turn out all right, right. um, that that God still is there and can provide what we need. And, yeah, so that was just what I wanted to share because I know a lot of people can be in that in-between time where they don't know yeah. that it's if it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, anyway, that's what I wanted to share. Thank you for sharing that. You, we don't, someday God will explain it all to us we'll, and we'll understand why. We keep praying and um, do we have, another, you're going to have a testimony? Uh, yes. Um, you know, uh, there are savants, right? And you might hear of a 12-year-old savant that hears music, sees it, can write it and everything and play it like he's played for 100 years. Okay. My husband is raised and born a Seventh-day Adventist, what, fourth, fifth generation in upstate New York where all of the Ellen White, you know. Anyway, he just loves all the Bible and spirit of prophecy. And... Uh, for many months here, I have been tweeting, and I didn't say anything to my husband. You guys will just be amazed at what you hear. I, you might not understand it, but. So um, I finally told my husband I was tweeting, and he said, well, why would you do that? No one would take the time to read your tweets, especially up in the White House. I said, well, I'm telling you, my tweets are being read. So he said, well, let's pray about it. He says, I'm very concerned about what's going on in the Senate and what had been going on in the House, you know. (laughs) And uh, he felt impressed. And I said, "Okay, let's go. I'll begin tweeting. He said, this is crazy. Anyway, the best way to explain it uh, beforehand here is, My husband's a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, right? 
And he did go to the military and took a test, and they said nationwide for decades, no one has ever surpassed, surpassed the answers that he gave, and he just is like a savant. He can't help it. And uh, they asked him to join the military, and he said, well, and he was having his doubts because of being a Seventh-day Adventist. You know, like Desmond Doss, I want to be medical, I'm not going to bear arms. Well, it wasn't that. He was in a different department, not with arms. And they said, you know, communications or whatever. And he said no, and, and they finally said, we'll put you on the seventh level, just come in. And he said he didn't feel comfortable doing that, so he never did. But uh, we tweeted, President Trump, and my husband felt impressed to say certain things like the savant things come yeah. to his mind. And this was ultimately significant for the Senate, the House, for President Trump. Um, he tweeted about, what is it, Andrew Johnson. And mm -hmm. it's like, what? I'm, I'm looking at my husband, what? So I did all the tweeting because, you know, I'm the one that does all. Yeah. He said, you do it, and I'll tell you what to say. So we tweeted about eight times. He responded eight times. And Trump? It was a, yes, it was a significant breakthrough. Well, that's a miracle. Take now, listen, yeah. it's all over the news. It is a miracle because they yeah. needed something, and President Trump was overwhelmed and didn't know what the Senate was going to do. Yeah. So when he got the answer to prayer, yeah, I even great. witnessed to President Trump with a tweet, so he right. knows. Okay. So anyway, uh, it's hard to understand. You'll learn yeah. more about it later. Well, thank well, you for yeah, listening. Well, that's a miracle Praise that the Lord. you had a message and it got through, because it's very difficult to get a message through oh, to yeah, the president. Yeah, he has what, 100 million? Yeah. Any else have a... Encounter something to share, answered prayer. You know. Well, it's just about time to end, and I thank you all for for what you've shared. And some of it difficult, the cancers. I I uh, we can keep praying and and um, trust God for whatever. I had cancer myself and went through the chemo. And um, I'm glad to be standing here uh, again, still. Let's um, open our hymn book to 249. And praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him. Can't praise him enough. That would be a good song, yes.
Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful to be your children and to be your, your servants and Seventh-day Adventists as well. And we pray for your continued blessings, Lord, as we leave the church today. And for some of us who do have cancer and our friends, Lord, we pray for healing and we pray for your, the comfort of your love to be even 10 times stronger. And we pray, continue to pray for our family, that everyone will know your love and friendship. And we pray for our country to be a good place for our children to live until the Lord comes. In Jesus' name, amen.